Here's a space, a space so powerful it allows an ordinary fan to share a chair with the owner of a team, a platform where supporters understand intricate details of players' rights, a setting that bridges the gap between the dressing room and the grandstand, a space where tactics meet opinion, transfer news meet gossip, and the VAR system meets social media, a space for the football tribe. Le Coco, la space. Mike check one, two, and two, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for taking your time and joining into the space. We about to welcome Uta Floyd into the space, and we're going to have a discussion. I have a special guest on the other line. Um, I'll reveal who the guest is. I felt that since we're discussing Kaiser Chiefs, um, a big team, it's only befitting to have one of their big supporters. And I feel the need. And no, it's not Tatu Saddam. I've, I've, I've had Tatu Saddam on the discussion before. We've had this conversation. So um, once with our Floyd joins the space and we have this conversation then we're going to move on with the conversation what we're going to be discussing today is is a man that had a vision a man that had a dream and a man that played for the biggest team in the country and he saw befitting to have to a rivalry a rivalry that gave birth to what would then term a Soweto derby a rivalry that that gave birth to many football followers and I would say to some extent, many businesses that started revolved around that rivalry. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, I do appreciate you taking your time and being here. We are going to welcome Uta Floyd and have a discussion about this great team that we've seen a lot of you support. Irrespective of what they're going through at the moment, um, we're going to respect the man and what the man is about. And I hope you learn a bit about what the man is about today and we we progress and we move forward so yeah i'm just gonna allow uta floyd to join in and we have this conversation i am gonna open the lines at 1945 apologies for that uh, 1945 you're more than welcome to ask any questions so do get your questions ready anything that you'd like to know about the man he's he's about to be inducted into the hall of fame um questions that we're going we need to know is that why did it take so long I mean, for a man that has done so well, we should be having a Hall of Fame long ago. Why is it taking so long and why is there hold up? So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I do appreciate you taking your time and being in this space. Like I said, there's a special guest that I have. Um, I will reveal who this guest is. Yeah, a lot of you are familiar with this person. Uh, he's a staunch Kaiser Chief supporter, a huge Kaiser Chief supporter. And as I always do, I feel the need to always when I have chats to try and include supporters into this chat because my purpose is to build a bridge between supporters and club administrators. So I am trying to get hold of Floyd just to join into the space and we have this discussion. But in the meantime, um, let me, I think it's, 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 it's time I get, I let the cat out of the bag in terms of who has joined the space and this man has been promising all of you guys hats. um 
Mkulu, uh, introduce yourself. How are you? The right one. Um, welcome to the space. I think a lot of people here would know who you are. You're a big Kazakh yeah, support. Yeah, yeah. I'm your support as the Kazakh a big Kaiser Chiefs supporter. Uh, Uta Floyd is in the space, so I'm going to ask him to join in. He's going to join in. Man B, uh, I, I can guarantee you that the listeners are loving the fact that you're here. I'm pretty sure most of them did not expect to have you in the space, but I knew that you'd be a, a perfect man to discuss uh, this topic. Before I, I, I continue, Man B, um, I'm, I'm, I'd like to take this moment and welcome Uta Counter because... The both of you are going to be in the panel. I wanted to expand this panel to have as many people as possible, but due to time constraints, Abanya, they were not available, but it's fine. We'll carry on and we'll have this conversation. Uh, let me welcome Uta Floyd. Uta Floyd, welcome to the space. Uh, good evening, Lukoko. Good evening to fellow spacers. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. MNP, we have a Uta Floyd, ne? All right. Um, before we carry on, let me start with Man B. Man B, you're a huge Kaiser Chiefs supporter. And Divunwazuba, what really attracted? When did you start supporting this team, and what attracted you to this team? Uh, well, I'm not sure. I was young. Uh, I was doing the standard, uh, standard one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one introduced Kaiser Chiefs to me. The times he called up the city Kaiser Chiefs, Semakaya, Semamele Ritwe, to get on the television. Now choose like Kaiser Chiefs because Ekaya, Babelande, like Bush Parks. Now choose like Siva, Jerry, not Dr. Kumalo, the Ongelan, and attended Kaiser Chiefs. But again, men be, I want to find out who Babu Kaiser, um, how big an impact did it? Because we are Chuba, you we are from Makai, and, and most of the people there are supporting pushbacks. How big of an influence did Ukaiza have um, with football as a supporter of, of this great team? Yes, um, and the full and local that's why you really live with Kaiser Chiefs dominator and go. Nobody has a good dominator with all the supporters. But that Kaiser, who figure was the supporters of the Kaiser Chiefs, was battered and got pulled by some South African. The counter. I think this is the perfect time for me to bring you in. We have a man all the way from the Eastern Cape. He's talking so highly about this gentleman, and I think most of us we take him for granted. A bit of background. I know we've had this discussion before where you were talking about the formation of the team, but a bit of background in terms of the man that he is, um, what he used to do back in the day, and what could have led him to 
decide that there should be rivalry and i mean a lot of people would say why didn't he continue and make the team that he was in grow uh yes good evening uh cox um kaiser uh boy boy um as was fondly known at the time uh, Motaung, um was born um i think it was in 1944 45 um and in 1968 he went to go and play for atlanta chiefs he was recruited uh, having played uh, for orlando pirates at that time um he took the opportunity to be able to go abroad um i think jomosono was the other one more or less at the same time or just a couple of years later that went to go and play abroad as well um so a year later um he came back um i think it was in 69 um and at that time um the there was a challenge um at Orlando Pirates a couple of players had gone on to play in a in a rebel team um i think it was in Botswana or Swaziland um and when they came back um they went through a disciplinary hearing at at that that Orlando Pirates and 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 the players were expelled um this obviously did not sit down well with some of the players because they perhaps felt at the time that uh, although um the sentence uh, was justified that they should be pardoned and allowed back uh, into the club but the uh, pirates in those days still had the petigold government yabo memwe boni bomastogelo and so on um and they were firm in terms of the standards that they set for themselves uh, for the club to be able to allow players to go on rebel tours um when the club was there um Keza then at that time um with a number of other players um that were playing there uh then decided at that time that perhaps it may be opportune at that time to accommodate the guys that were expelled to to be able to to form a club um to, people talk about that the judge that is busy coincidentally in the Senzo Mewa case um Stanley Skrimachabalala um Ntatengema um who the club at the time was using uh, mini buses uh, to be able to transport people around uh the late they then came together and said look uh, the situation on the other side is untenable why don't we phone our club our own club um and it was a back and forth at that time the question of a club um and at some stage Uh, Kaiser felt like no maybe this is not doable let me go back to Orlando Pirates um and his father his late father then um stopped him and said look you can't collect all your friends and your colleagues and your former uh, players um and say that you are on the verge of forming a club and then leave them in the ledge and go back to Pirates you've got to continue and go on with this dream of forming this club and this is how the advent of the club then took place um the next stage was to be able to get a club to get a name um there was a question of atlanta chiefs mm-hmm. there was a question about aston villa and a number of other 
other names that were touted around West Ham. Um, but the one thing that stood passionately, which is a club that Boy Boy supported at that time, uh, was Wolves, that plays in the English Premiership um, or in the English League. And it is not a coincidence that the colours of Wolves are the colours that you see at Kaiser Chiefs. That's where those colours come from. Um, the the the, the colours of of wolves, um, and so um, Kaiser was then uh, forced by his father to be able to start this journey and carry on with it. Then the question of the name was an issue because in that grouping, people felt if that if you call the team Kaiser, you are essentially giving it to him. Where else it was a group of. So I say acquaintances that were together, perhaps friends, um, who the club essentially as founding members belonged to. But essentially then it was confirmed that no, the team will be called Kaiser 11. People like Ratamokhatlen were very much against it. Um, and as they say, the rest is history. This is modern day Kaiser Chiefs that in January 19, January the 8th, I think, 1970, uh, the club was officially formed. And this is where you find the modern day team uh, 53 years later. Let me stop you there and bring in Men B. Men B, the counter mentioned something very important and i think this is a lesson to most of i know for myself it's it's information lenda bale wolves and kaiser chiefs having the colors of wolves were you aware of it maybe but but now that we informed and and about that information does it make you see wolves because i i i we tend not to respect the wolves it would be just another team but in essence they had influence in in, in south african football I, I respect that. Now, the counter, let me bring you in uh, because I know you've got a wealth of information and, and that's the reason why we're having this discussion and um, you, more than more than anybody else, there's no person that can bring in this information here as is, besides from the man himself. And now the story of Kaiser Chiefs and, and, and Wolves and then transforming into Kaiser 11 and then going on to change into Kaiser Chiefs. What I'm interested in, because one, forming a team is not cheap. The day-to-day running expenses, it can be cheap. Two, recruiting supporters can be cheap. Three, keeping disgruntled players can be low, uh, like can be low maintenance. I'm, I'm assuming there could have been turmoil because these people, and when I say the people, I'm mentioning the players, their driving force was the mere fact that they could have been kicked out from the team. At that moment and at that period, 
because it's a very huge period of transition and what then later became the biggest team in the country who's handling all of these things who's handling the finances who's handling all these admin behind behind the scenes um the the founding members as 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 i called them um tokoks bo prarata bo ewadnene bo toktangema they are the ones everybody is pitching in from their own part to be able to um as a team to be able to make sure that all the things that need to be done are done in one way or the other rata was a school principal at that time a highly educated guy so he was helping with the administration of the club ewadnene will be known only for the teenage ladder episode because that's ultimately what cost his life but there are a lot of players that he recruited and got to kaiser chiefs bo bostan scrima chabalala um that used to play uh, go old indian sports ground they are the ones that also started recruiting uh, players into the club and tatengema when the team was formed um, a lot of you i can safely say were not born no hosebetsa di taxi but it's a magundwa neko davidon the chevrolet um those were the cars that were transporting players so um it was six in a car it was one two three the gay river is here with it where the steering wheel is and three at the back and that is how essentially it started then obviously the evolution of that group got into a kumbi and the taxi guys uh, the people from kzn which is why it's not a coincidence that chiefs has got a huge following in kzn because a lot of the guys that were in the taxi business at the time coming from chiefs were the ones that were chipping in to be able to assist uh, because it was voluntary association and people felt passionately about this association that they were having and making sure that it was a dream that started and it was a dream that lived and it's a dream that we see 53 years later and you mentioning KZN and, and I happen to have been attending a function at one point in sometime early this year where I had a chat with a con- I had a conversation with this gentleman and he said to me you must go and research the history of Kaiser Chiefs actually Kaiser Chiefs people would then argue that it started in KZN and not necessarily in Joburg yes Kaiser was there but the core of it would be from KZN and now that you're bringing this into the fray it it paints a perfect picture for me to say okay this gentleman actually could be telling the truth because i i thought maybe he's just being a disgruntled human being that wants to claim all the glory now that this team is is known by many and loved by a lot no bon tatengema like i said bo chatengema bo ewat the late nene they were the guys and some of the other founding members they were the ones that came from KZN um but they were based here in Johannesburg and that is why the advent of this team they were involved in it and that is why when you talk about founding members of Kaiser Chiefs uh, there's quite a number of esteemed gentlemen that were there and that also played a role in making sure that the club becomes the colossus that it is at the uh, during today and you know there's a gentleman that you also mentioned and I'm and I'm going to off ramp a little bit and mentioned um the late Iwetnene a gentleman that was that was killed everybody knows that what happened about the story but I want to in modern day football because I'm trying to place a role around what it is that he did yes you mentioning that he's bringing in players yes you also mentioning the fact that um you know he could be recruiting players in modern day 
which role does then Ewart play? Is he a scout? Is he an agent? Where can we fit him if we were to speak to Ama 2000 and say this is where the gentleman is? You no, I, I wouldn't say he was a scout because I think he was a lot more than a scout. I think you would probably would pitch him where a a mid nineties Jomosono was, except for being a club owner, somebody that was heavily invested in the club, somebody who had the interest of the club, somebody who would go out of their way to make sure that they recruited players who, when there were issues regarding transportation and so on, was involved. So uh, the late was just not a scout at Chiefs. And um, I think the one thing that reduces him to that is obviously the untimely death because it was as a consequence of trying to get a uh, teenage uh, from Springs, uh, obviously after having been warned about it and still went on to go and do it. But I think I think if you look at uh, Jomo's role uh, in the in the 90s, where he essentially was doing everything at Cosmos, um, you'd be hard pressed to think about Ewart in any other way except in that role. And that says a lot about the man because a lot of people know exactly what Uprache does in the team and to a point that they even say hey he's the bus driver he's a bus driver <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely you must remember that uh, in the days Zabu Preza uh, there wasn't anything formal about this is your role you stick to it everybody pitched in where there was a gap you'd come in when there was a gap there, somebody else comes in. So that is how the culture of how the club eventually was formed. And it was it was it was it was something normal in those days. And when you look and you look at the clubs, although the clubs had figureheads, you look about Morocco Solos, Amazulu, African Wanderers, my club, all of it was community-based because people were getting involved as a community to be able to make sure that this dream that they have continued to live going forward. And Kaiser Chiefs was no different. At that time, Kaiser 11. And because of him coming from Atlanta Chiefs, um, the fact that um, they could place the, the issue of Chiefs then got involved. And that is where you found a team called Kaiser Chiefs. And even when the when Chiefs started, um, they couldn't register to play in professional football in Soweto because you had Pimville United Brothers, you had Orlando Pirates, you had Morocco Solos from there. So they had to register to get into the league in Nigel, into Dusa Nigel. And that is how Chiefs were, were snuck in and registered into, into the then professional football, if, if you want to call it that. You know, Takanta, you bringing in information that's very valuable because sometimes we take it for granted based on the fact that most of the time, if not all of the time, we get lost in, in what we would then call banter. You know, trying to then make a mock of, of whatever the situation that the team would be going through. Now, you're saying that Chiefs had to register not necessarily in Soweto. Yes, we know they they are the Soweto. They have the biggest Soweto rivalry that we have right now. But now, can you mention some of the teams that they've played with? Because I'm trying to establish the origin and in terms of which teams that they've started playing with for them to then transition and get into the Soweto League. The counter? Hello, sorry. Um, there were teams like Swaraj, uh, teams like Dynamos, 
um, teams like um, Rokasolo's Pimville United Brothers. Um, and you must remember that football at the time was segregated. Uh, it is only much later that the white establishment got involved where your Highlands Parks were, were allowed. Uh, during those years, um, teams were playing at the old Indian sports ground. Um, you were playing at George Koch. You then have to go and play at the Tleb Hostel uh, against the uh, Zulu Royals, against African Wanderers um, in the KZN area, and so on. So that is how they positioned, and those are the teams that they played against at that time. And I suppose the one thing that really made them popular was during the time when they were touring the country and playing in these, this is where the affinity um, of the team to the people started because Kaiser was flamboyant, a very handsome dude with a huge afro. And because he came from the United States when a lot of people were not traveling, obviously because of racial segregation and apartheid at that time, everybody looked up to him because he seemed to be epitomized uh, success, if you want to call it, about somebody who through adversity was able to go abroad and shine. The only other player in to my knowledge that had gone abroad and stayed abroad was Steve Kalamazoo Mukun. So when Kaiser went to, to the US because Kalamazoo initially went into Holland before eventually going to the United States. So when Kaiser went and came back again, he was seen as something that was quite big. Ephraim uh, Chomosono went abroad as well and he went to go and play for Minnesota Kicks. Um, so when he came back again, that is why there was this aura about these Orlando Pirates legends that had gone abroad and come back. So when they started their respective journeys, that is why there was huge interest in them because they were seen and are still seen as the beacons of hope at that time to be able to get into South African football. You are listening to the Coca-Cola Space. Um, we are available on Spotify. We are available on Apple Podcast. When you do find time, please do subscribe. You'll be able to catch all these conversations that we're having. Dr. Kaiser Mutao Hall of Fame induction is what we're talking about. And it is befitting for us to go through the memory lane of one of the greatest, one of the greatest men to ever be in the sport and one of the pioneers of the league as we've come to know it as a DSTV Premiership. I do have the counter, as is affectionately known in the space. Many of you would know him as oh, Bob Floyd Mbell. I also have Man B. And the reason I called Man B, and, I, and, and just to give a bit of background, is that he's one of the ardent Kaiser Chief supporters. And I felt that I need to know his story in terms of how do I then link it to this man, the great man that we're talking about? And when is it exactly that he started supporting this team? So we've established this, the fact that he's from Eastern Cape. A lot of people supported pushbacks, and now we find him here. I will bring him a bit later on because I know exactly the period where he started picking and he started supporting Kaiser Chiefs. I'm just trying to paint a picture so that you understand how this great team came to be. The counter, uh, let's fast forward a bit. Now there's a period where Ubabu Kaiser is now transitioning from being a player, the Kaiser Chiefs player, to then being a full-time administrator. How easy of a decision was that? Because I would then say this was one of the changing moments in South African football landscape. 
No, it certainly was. Um, and to be honest, it wasn't. I think it, it was a long time coming. Um, obviously, he had the support of the founding members that he was with at that time. And the sort of talent that Keza Chiefs were recruiting at that time made the the decision a lot easier than it ordinarily would have. And I think because the team was relatively successful at that time, it was an easy passage for him to be able to say, let him then transition into administration um, and get the football club to be able to run in what I would say the ethos that he had learned when he was abroad. Uh, a lot of what influenced him is what he saw in the United States during his time here. And that is why the team ended up taking the direction that it did precisely because of that induction. Um, you fast forward that, um, he then gets into uh, relationships with other football administrators. He becomes very close to Ndatestik's Morewa, the late Ndate Morewa, who was the SAFA president. He also gets very close to the late Kalat Pasmo, the owner of Giant Blackpool. My 2000, don't get lost. Um, he also gets, because that, that becomes uh, Abdul Bamji. Um, there was a grouping at that time. Um, the one person that would know about that grouping um, is the greatest, uh, I can see he's here, of what was then affectionately known as the A-team. There used to be what was called the A-team and the B-team in football. Um, and, and, and it was groupings of people that had a common interest that wanted to see their vision. Um, and, and yes, at, at some point, it, it was quite tense because professional football had to move away from George Tabe in the NPSL at that time, a difficult period in South African football, but through the eyes of uh, Kaiser as one, and uh, most notably Dr. Evan Koza, to be able to get football from what I sell, the jaws of what was holding it back at that time, to what we see today as modern day football, and certainly the growth of Kaiser Chiefs exponentially at that time. Now, who Bob Kaiser at that time, uh, where, where now all of this transition is happening, the team is winning trophies, the team is taking a direction, the team is getting big. Uh, 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 now, this is where you even have like Abandu Abafana and B from the Eastern Cape who are saying they've, they're, they're, they're hearing about the team. At that period, what then propelled him to say, okay, this is the team that I want to play nationally. Because you mentioned initially that they were on a tour. But then he managed to grow it nationally and he managed to tour it even more. What made him stick to that decision? Because we look at it even today, Kaiser Chiefs still travels. Whether they're doing it such in a subtle manner or not, but Kaiser Chiefs doesn't really have a fixed home. Uh, and it's precisely because of, I would say at that time, dare I say, those accidents, simply because, like I said, in the old apartheid days, um, you could only play um, as historically black teams. So you were forced to tour to be able to play competitive football. Then the league started. And when the league started, they assisted in that traveling. And that is why purely like you're saying the the idea that the team was winning and winning it was glamorous it was flamboyant and chiefs still is that way today there was a lot of glam with it and like i'm saying him coming from the states would have helped 
from a marketing point. It may not have been marketing as you want to do it now at tertiary universities, but where he was and for him to be able to take that moment to move away from playing because Kaiser at that time is getting into his late 30s. I mean, Kaiser, when he came back from, from Atlanta Chiefs, he was 20, I think he was 26, 27. So he had still a couple of years to play. And eventually when he decided, look, I'm hanging my boots, the team had already gathered momentum sufficiently to move in the direction that at that time the founding members uh, were able to identify and resonate with. Now, Menbi, let me bring you in here because you mentioned in the you remember celebrating trophies. You are in the Eastern Cape, deep in the Eastern Cape, where everybody's supporting pushbacks around you. You mentioned that you mentioned Dr. Kumaru, you mentioned a lot of players, you mentioned the fact that you guys were celebrating. What's your earliest memory in terms of a trophy that the team had won? And what is your earliest memory in terms of the first match that you then went and attended live? Probably Bob Save. Call it Dr. Bob Save Super Bowl. Uh... It trophy or color will be as the case achieves. The first match, I'm um, say independence day, I'm still the pushbacks. With Kukumakasa, Wilfred Mukay, Abola Lama, Wella Mukay, yeah, yeah, the Mukay brothers, yeah, yeah, Mukay brothers. But with first time, I'm born a case achieves live players. And some of the players, Uba Kumbulayo, during that match? As a case of Chiefs? Uh-huh. Uh, Uncle Kepa, we had to go with Steve Crown. Uh, but we mixed and get a shot, and get a clean down, we can't take it. Uba and Bama come away players. Mm. The counter, he's mentioning Steve Crowey. Um, I'm going to take it back and say Gary Bailey. I'm going to take it back and, 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 and mention high-profile players. This Kaiser Chiefs project, the counter, it seems like it had funders or Uta Kaiser was able to amass you know money that would be able to not only sustain the team but attract top top talent nothing let's understand at that time. but let's understand Cox that at the time football wasn't as commercial as it is today it was the club it was an association that made people want to play for <clears throat> for Kaiser Chiefs. It was a team that was winning. Like I said, it was glamorous. It was a team that everybody wanted to belong to. Um, you had, I mean, he, he says he doesn't remember. That team had Bo Sylvester City Cole. That team had Abu Raida Mofugeng. It had Abu Aysin Tsueleng. Exactly the team that he's talking about that played at Independence Stadium during that time. It had Moran Samora Kulu um, that was playing during that time. So the, 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 the point was that it was not, at, at the moment, that is exactly how we, we, we transfix the sport to say, if you are playing for any of these, it's the lure of money, 
it's who is able to pay top dollar to be able to get you at that time there wasn't that kind of investment in football sufficiently for you to be able to follow but he, because of the passion of the game um, and obviously as that happened the question of the rivalry from Soweto started uh, amongst the three teams that were coming from Soweto at that time so that's really what kept everybody going at that time and you must remember that during those days there was nothing else for the black child to do mm-hmm. except to play football to be able to take away the frustrations that the country was going through at that time Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to open the lines at quarter to eight. Um, you're more than welcome to pose your questions. You are also welcome to put your questions, whether it's a comment or a DM, then I'll be I'll forward it to the counter and you'll get to know a bit more about this great institution. We've moved from where the Kaiser was playing for Orlando Pirates all the way to the US, came back, established the team. He was then able to attract even though he's claiming to be a pirate supporter. But yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> so we, 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 we now at the counter. I want us to get to the phrase where the formation of the league, um, as, we've, as we've come to know it now, where it, it's becoming professional, it couldn't have been easy bearing in mind that there was transition racially, it was still deep during the time of apartheid and funding you it's a problem you are restricted as well in terms of your movements 1985 how does then Kaiser play this role where we then find ourselves now having one of the <coughs> best in the continent if not the best um uh dr koza and um, dr mutaung amongst um the football club owners at that time uh, you think about Ndatemukwena in the Free State, uh, Raymond Hack at that time professor ronis loss um they then are pushing uh, for the clubs to be able to seed from the end from the NPSL because they see George Tabe as a dictator, somebody that is holding football back, somebody who Sanfa, the South African National Football Association, is not allowing club owners whose clubs were developing greatly at that time to be able to play active role in making sure that the clubs were able to grow and by that to be able to make sure that the league was growing as well. So the league then, or the clubs then seed, uh, secede from the NPSL and they form the NSL. And by association, the South African Sports Association um, then develops into what is modern day South African Football Association with the merger of um, the Indian League um, and the Colored League at that time. Um, to be able to call South African Football Association. So it was coincidental that with the NSL being there at that time, the South African Football Association was established at that time. It was the the unity that took place. And you see the death of Sanfa. You see that uh, everything that was there at the time through the National Football Association uh, take on a downward trajectory. And then you see the emergence of, like I said, the late Sticks Morewa um, and some of the football administrators that have a vision to be able to make sure that they expand the growth uh, of the league as we see today. 
and its sacrifices that they make, particularly the two most supported teams at that time, to be able to come out and say, look, we have a vision to be able to take this journey in a way that all the teams will be able to play against each other and develop to what we see in modern day football as the National Soccer League and commercially called the Premier Soccer League. You speak of a man that, from my understanding and from what it is that you've relayed to us, seems to know how to reinvent himself and seems to know how to acclimatize and be relevant at the time. And most importantly, you speak, it seems like you're speaking about a man that knows who to hang with. It's it's a case of show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. And you mentioned about that Sticks Moreira, and, and and when I do my research around those that gentleman he's arguably one of the best administrators that we've had in the country no absolutely except um only for the four nation scandal with bo uh, mahon uh, from simba he probably would have been one of the uh, best sports football sports administrators alive uh, today uh, plastics uh, ran his innings um, and he also contributed greatly to what we see football as is. Um, unfortunately, Safa also has taken a different direction to exactly what was developed at that time uh, with the view of supporting uh, what I call <clears throat> black football at that time because it was the majority of the football clubs that were getting in. And uh, Boy Boy at that time, uh, quiet as he is, uh, always smiling, uh, quiet demeanor, uh, but very influential in taking decisions. Kaiser Chiefs, one of the teams that becomes heavily commercialized during at that time. They had the longest sponsorship with Iwisa uh, at that time. Yes, um, Pirates had Fruit Tree at the time. You, how can you not uh, remember Fruit Tree when Jomosona refused to play? with the jersey with fruit tree because he wanted a share of the money that was going into sponsoring the club and and jomo defied he said no look i'm not going to play with this jersey on fruit tree uh, and jomo was influential at pirates at that time so anything that he said because he was supported as well people followed um but kaiser chiefs then had um uh, they they had uh Iwisa, um, I think they were sponsored by Puma at the time, um, and they have changed a lot of the apparel sponsors over the years. Kaiser Chiefs now becomes a trailblazer, and not just a trailblazer in terms of how it is that they play, but in terms of commercially. They, you've, you've mentioned that they become one of the most commercially viable teams in the country. It must not have been easy for a person of color to walk into a boardroom and say i would like to have this much because i think my team deserves this much because of certain following and this is the set this is the influence that we have as a team he probably i would be assuming he probably was short into some of these deals if you were to look at it like from an einstein point of view I'm sure he was, but there was no benchmark. I think anybody that got into any commercial transaction at that time probably was shortchanged precisely because there was nothing to reference to be able to say so-and-so got X amount and given the support that 
my club has i deserve a lot more you only see that much later when the the issue of advertising um unpacks uh, you see when kappa in its first first time coming in you you see that there's that there's that growth uh, and you then be able to see look yes because other teams and the sports um as a whole is moving towards a commercial value then chiefs are able to bring in the numbers because if there's one thing that remains um a, a no brainer is the amount of support that kaza chiefs has in sub saharan africa and nobody can take it away from them and we mentioned the sponsor and this we can't mention any sponsors without mentioning ibisa kaza chiefs because the week game change iwisa kaiser chiefs go women be any stories that you have around that era kaiwisa kaiser chiefs kaiser chiefs senzela yai senzela lolonwabo mhm iwisa kaiser chiefs yai dominator uti bawucinga ngokubona imeko ze chiefs ngasunga ibuyisela pakula wisa kaiser chiefs more than you would do like at any given moment we have men be reminiscing and we let's move a bit away from Wisa Kaiser Chiefs now we have to get to the era where the team now has to reinvent reinvent itself and the league has to now change um how it is that they operate abota kaiser and 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 the other administrators how do they then reach the decision that teams should, should not have sponsors names affiliated with them because i can imagine that would it would chase away sponsors if if i was a sponsor and, and, and i'm able to have naming rights in terms of a team and now all of a sudden you say ah it's not going to happen I, i must just put my 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 brand on the jersey and that's that i'm assuming that i would think twice about even opening my checkbook if that that was the case before um it was a trade off uh, cox uh, and before before we move away from the uh, may, may be may, may not have been may not have been old enough uh, to 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 recall but the one thing that i'll always have problems with kaiser chiefs is uh, they stole one of my key players at african wanderers during the 80s moran samora cool uh, during 84 they came in uh, to come and hijack him to come and play for chiefs and those are some of the decisions i'll never forgive them for but uh, moving right along uh, the the issue of- <laughs> i'm sorry to disturb you i just want to give context to to some of the lessons that i've been privy to uh, with regards to the african wanderers for those that do not know this team is the oldest professionally run team 
in the country so yeah you may continue uh, 100 100 it, it forever remains my team so um we had players and obviously there were players that went after that but moran was probably the most notable signing that chiefs got from african wanderers in 1984 um fast forward that um is the question about commercialization and the one thing that any of the sponsors or partners that we're getting in as you're rightly saying wanted their names associated with it uh, the club owners were quite against it because for them um, this was the only establishment that black businessmen were were, were running and for them they saw this uh, without thinking aloud about it as a means of commercial south africa taking away their livelihood and the things that they had developed through their own businesses through monies from their families through sacrifices that they had personally made and yes initially it happened but it came full circle when uh, clubs like Kaiser Chiefs then refused to be to be known as Iwisa Kaiser Chiefs and yes you had all the branding from Iwisa but you couldn't put in a prefix of a sponsor to the club because um there was an identity of the club itself that would be lost and it's those lessons like i said um that the the gentlemen were picking up from europe um and some of the other countries to be able to say don't lose your identity in gaining the sponsors because in the end the company still need the numbers to be able to reach out in terms of uh, awareness in terms of making sure that they get into the black market that at that time needed to develop um coming from racial segregation the counter you know i get amazed at, at, at the type of deals that this gentleman that we're speaking about was involved in i get shocked at the type of of, of businesses that he had to associate himself with was there any formal education in terms of running a team um if that's the case um uh, or was this a gentleman being street smart because there's no way like umti tanje from the hood can 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 build something so huge and and, and without some sort of structure uh, cox um in the olden days the the gentleman that made it uh, in the black communities were not necessarily the gentlemen that went through formal education um they they belonged to the university of the street um so no uh boy boy did not go into formal school i think the the most that he passed was jc if not matric uh, again the, again my my 2000 will not know what jc is it was a junior certificate so <clears throat> at grade 10 you were able to leave school and go into vocational training and you'd get a certificate for for standard 8 so most of the guys that um were at at at, at uh, JC level were able to leave school um Ivan Koza went to school finished his matric went to Fort Hare um he was expelled in his second year uh, for being involved in politics and these are guys that belonged to the university of life where their neighborhoods 
were the ones that uh, that 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 got them to be the people they are one talks about the late richard maponya from soweto he did not have any formal education and look at how the maponya empire was developed and a lot of other black businessmen in the different communities that were there these were self-made businessmen that were taking from where they were to be able to make a difference in the communities that they came from all right ladies and gentlemen you are listening to lukokola spacey we have the counter i i think the counter is one of the most underutilized human being in football the amount of knowledge this gentleman has i'll never ever miss a moment to have him in the space anyway that was just a side note you are more than welcome to request and ask your questions i am going to take questions on the timeline and the first question will be from i think it's mind of bk um where he's asking he's he's, he's an orlando pirate supporter and he says it's amazing how Kaiser Chiefs um, established after though established after Pirates ended up achieving more than Pirates and even having a bigger fan base. What is the general approach uh, Dr. Kaiser came with? So, in summary, because whatever he's learned, he had to learn it from Orlando Pirates. So, in summary, what can we say? Upra Kaiser did better from what he had learned. I'm, I'm not sure it, you can call it better. I think perhaps you'd rather say it was different. Remember that uh, up until the 80s, Pirates was always known as the people's team. So it was a team where everybody took decisions. And perhaps that was the undoing in terms of a growth spurt that they would have had. Um, yes, they, they, they were a team that was... Uh, established in 1937 a team that had been there that was home to a lot of politicians that had come through from the different provinces into getting uh, permits to be in Gauteng uh, somebody like Nelson Mandela for instance got a permit to be able to come into Gauteng to be called uh, Mozamai through Orlando Pirates uh, but that being said there was a lot that Pirates could have uh, 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 capitalized on but I think the success from Keza Chiefs in terms of winning in terms of positioning themselves as a glamour team obviously catapulted them to be able to leapfrog pirates in terms of what they were able to get from a fan base but often hear of how pirates Orlando pirates influenced Kaiser Chiefs um, Kaiser Mutaun to be specific in terms of running the team as a player as an administrator but I want to flip the script a bit because there's a question that came in and the question is asking what the role is that Kaiser Mutaung played in terms of Ubabu Evan Koza joining Orlando Pirates because a lot of people might not be aware of this. So the, the, the decision to, to get um, Evan Koza to get involved at Pirates uh, was taken by Kaiser. The 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 comment from 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 the opinion from the comment section is correct. He's the one. Um, at the time when Pirates were failing to pay their players, um, there existed an opportunity of an establishment around the Pirates uh, dying a natural death at that time because um, everybody was moving Heltines Gelta at uh, 60 Mali, um, who was the then chairperson, was battling to make ends meet and pay players and. A call was then made at the time by Kaiser to, to Dr. Koza to say, look, you need to get involved in football. And remember that this was not the first time that Dr. Koza was there. Dr. Koza, at the age of 12, was um, was at the gates, was manning the gates um, 
at Orlando Pirates matches. Um, he obviously had been recruited um, to be able to do that from Alexander uh, to, to main gates at Pirates matches. So there was a bit of history. He was the youngest secretary at Orlando Pirates uh, during those years. So there was a bit of history. And I think that's why it became important when when Takaiza went in to be able to say, look, Ivan, this team is dying and you have an association with this team. You've got to make sure that you go in because Dan Lebua at that at that time and uh, Dr. Lipile Taunyani, uh, may both of their, their souls rest in peace. They are the ones that actually got Dr. Koza to be involved in football um, at that very young age. And, 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 and you can then fast forward how Dr. Mutsipe gets involved because the same Dr. Koza then goes on to speak to Patrice to say, Patrice, uh, we're having a team that's got history in 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 in, in Pretoria that needs uh, to have somebody take it lest that history goes away. You need to get involved in it, and that is how Patrice eventually takes 50% of Mamelodi Sundowns. And Dr. Koza is then instrumental in getting the chicklasses to be able to seed the remainder of of their percentage to be able to be able to give. Uh, Dr. Mutsepe, the 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 majority at the club to what we see as the modern day Mamelodi Sundowns. Maybe um, as a supporter, because I know being a supporter is fueled by rivalry, rivalry for your the opposition, rivalry from a, a smaller team that might be emerging. You hear the story of these gentlemen understanding the importance of keeping heritage, culture, and the history alive. When I as Umdu, and I'm, going, I'm mentioning, I'm bringing you in here deliberately because the history of pushbacks is, 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 is no more. How does that make you feel as a supporter and as a, as a big supporter who enjoys going to the Soweto Derby or a supporter who enjoys going to watch a match between Kaiser Chiefs and uh, Mamelodi Sundowns? Uh, the influence of Unanzeka, Ubabu Kaiser, influencing Ubabu Koza to go and join Orlando Pride, and you have also the influence of Ubabu Koza, influence with Petris to go and acquire Isantowns. As a fan of, 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 as an Eastern Cape fan who's watched it push backs vanish. How do you feel knowing today that you can attend these big matches and have a rival in and have somebody to banter with and, and keep this league going? Mm. Mm-hmm. Londo Leo in the Gatia, it's like a Ukwela in the background, in your case, I choose Gabumbi, Afasuka, Kota, Kaza, Tao. 
Uh, what, what was quite remarkable, uh, Cox, was that pre the 94 elections, um, mm. when there was uh, a lot of uh, violence in the KZN province, uh, the two teams are then requested to go and play a derby in Durban because the one unifier uh, that transcends the political affiliations is football. The two most supported teams in the country at that time are Kaiser Chiefs and Pirates. And the interesting thing that happens at that time is that supporters of the two teams are encouraged to sit together and not one over the other. And that is why when people talk about cross-pollination and the derbies and what has happened, is it the advent of Vodacom? No, it took place at the time when there was a call by the elders uh, of the political movement for football to take its rightful place in politics to be able to assist in quelling the fire uh, in terms of the politics and what was uh, loosely called the third force in KZN at that time. Which would be Dr. Evan Causes indoctrination in terms of Hall of Fame, induction rather. What took them so long and can you please give us a bit of background in terms of the, uh, the induction there of if there are other people before him who were inducted? Is there something new? I'm just curious in terms of this man has achieved so much and only now, later on, that we get to hear of this uh, Hall of Fame induction. Um, I must be honest, Cox, I'm just as surprised as you are that um, Dr. Mutaung has taken so much time to be recognized um, in terms of the role that he's played in South African sport and in football in particular. Um, but as they say, better late than never. He's somebody who over the years ought to have been recognized. But I think it would be due um, for him to be able to, um, as you're rightly saying, um, next week to recognize one of the greatest football administrators alive in South Africa at the moment. I think he deserves every minute um, of accolade that he's going to get moving forward. Even when he was bestowed with an honorary doctorate, I didn't think that it was enough. And I think putting him in the Hall of Fame, I think for me, that is the one box that needed to be ticked. And um, it took longer than it did, but I'm glad that it happened whilst he's still alive. And I think that's what we ought to be grateful for. Uh, a great gentleman indeed. And... As South African football, as a South African football follower, personally, I'd say I'm fortunate to have had a gentleman like him in the football, and for him to be running the team that he's running, and for him to be running the league and taking it to the standard that it is right now. I, I often, when I go watch matches, I, I travel throughout the country to watch football matches. I'm fortunate, and I'll never take that for granted. I often find myself looking around in terms of how many people are able to generate income how many people are able to make a living out of that and i think of the gentleman that started this league it could have been play play at the time but it's something huge now and it runs deeper than just being around the continent we can confidently say that it's worldwide it has an impact it has a reach that is far deeper that we can understand and for that we ought to be grateful for that the counter, if you find a chance, please do pass on the message to 
Rotman boy boy as you as you call him as a South African football follower I would like to say thank you to him for giving us this opportunity no thanks Cox um, thanks 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 for 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 those kind words I certainly will uh, pass on that that information um, and maybe just uh, for your own information Cox um, I actually almost ended up at Lina Road in in 2005 it says that the road was closed so i took the freeway and ended up somewhere else and, uh, but i almost 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 ended up um at lina road and um, but yeah i certainly will will take the words of of, of of appreciation to him um and i think thanks to everybody um i know that you couldn't cover um i had hoped that a lot more people would be able to come in so that it becomes a bit more interactive but um i think on his behalf i'd like to graciously thank you for having recognized him for the role that he has played in south african football and still continues to play um although not in the public eye um as much um but he still is quite active he still is in the office every day um because of the club that he's so uh with all his sweat and tears built um and yes maybe the things are not going as well as the supporters would want but you can be rest assured 100 percent that uh boy boy still is involved with the club um and wants nothing but the best uh, for this great establishment that he's built Man B, um, I'm sure now you have words of gratitude for, 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 for giving you a team that you can confidently uh, bash or you can be, you can embrace or, you know, because that feeling that football gives us, we can never take it away. Man B? Uh, Brian, uh, last month, I visited Elena, I was Thank you very much, Men B. Um, I know Nick Fonel and that, that high press and that thing, that Telewoos, the we space, and that you, you didn't give me problems. You just said I'm available, and I'd like to thank you. And for future sakes, we'll, we'll also in, invite you with other spaces where we're having a discussion. This is a very safe space, Mkulu. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for taking your time. 
you could have been anywhere else remember we are available on three different platforms spotify apple podcast as well as youtube this episode will be made available i'll make sure that it is made available we're documenting history for generations to come so that tomorrow stories about our teams and our league and how it has started are not distorted and we know exactly where it is that we come from so that we don't forget or we don't take for granted who we are and where we are as a people remember to treat the people that you love right i love you all cheers cheers
to dance. And I just couldn't get it. So I refused to call her mother. I called her lady. And she accepted that. I learned that love heals. Not sentimentality, but love.
she danced. And I just couldn't get it. So I refused to call her mother. I called her lady. And she accepted that. I learned that love heals. Not sentimentality, but love.
to dance. And I just couldn't get it. So I refused to call her mother. I called her lady. And she accepted that. I learned that love heals. Not sentimentality, but love.
to dance. And I just couldn't get it. So I refused to call her mother. I called her lady. And she accepted that. I learned that love heals. Not sentimentality, but love. Healed me. 